Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church, growing in faith and friendship. Today we're going to be focusing on Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 to 12, which is all about the visit of the Magi, the wise men from the east. They were on a quest, searching for answers, searching for God. They had seen a strange star, and this had led them on a quest to Jerusalem, and this had led them to the Bible, to the prophecy of Micah, and this had led them to the child Jesus. You see, there were many prophecies, ancient prophecies, about how God would intervene through his Messiah, the true king, and would put the world to right. Uh, Prophecies like um, Micah chapter 5 and verses 2 to 3, Micah the prophet writing about 400 years before the birth of Jesus, says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. So about 400 years before the birth of Jesus, there's this prophecy that a ruler, the true king, the Messiah, would be born in this very insignificant town, Bethlehem, which is the same town where King David was born. And there were also many other ancient prophecies uh, that stated that when the Messiah came, that, that he would be a light to the nation, to the all, to the whole world. And that foreigners, foreign nations would be drawn to the light and they would give him gifts. So for example, in Isaiah chapter 60, we read in verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. In verse 3, it says, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And then in verse 6, it says, Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense, frankincense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And so the Magi symbolize these foreign nations being drawn to the light, coming to the light and presenting gifts. And so on the one hand, the Magi fulfilled these prophecies. But on the other hand, the Magi function as a foreshadow of greater things to come, as we shall see. And so with this background in mind, we pick up our reading in Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he'd called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly 
and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Well, I can't believe it. They've changed their minds again. Now we're not going to Jerusalem. I don't know how they expect me to do my job if they keep on changing the itinerary. It's, it's hard enough to keep them safe and secure in this terrain at the best of times without this constant stopping to check the stars or, or some latest prophetic discovery. Now, apparently, they've had a dream. What next? Well, I should have known it was going to be a crazy trip at the start when they mentioned something about a prophecy about the birth of the king of the Jews. Apparently, they had seen his star, whatever that means. Well, Zach, my partner, he reckons he overheard them talking about a conjunction of two planets, Jupiter and Saturn, Jupiter being the planet for kingship and Saturn being the planet for the Jews. So I guess you put the two together and you get the birth of the king of the Jews. But then I overheard some of his servants talking about a comet. What did they call it? Oh yes, Halley's Comet. Well, I don't know if it was a comet or a conjunction of planets, but if you ask me, it looked more like a supernova. Yet, it did do some impressive maneuvering between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. It was kind of supernatural. But then, hey, what do I know about stars and astrology? I will leave that to the Magi. These Median and Persian priests are experts in astrology. And through their astrological calculations, they can actually predict the future. And they also trained in dream interpretation, ancient prophecies, and magic. Not surprising these wise guys have been advisors to the kings in the east for centuries. Even the great king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, called upon their services. Hmm, now that I think about it, there were a couple of Jews back then who were contemporaries with the Magi. What were their names again? Oh yes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then there was that fourth one with that funny Hebrew name. What was it, Dan, Danny, Daniel, Daniel, or something like that? Wait a second. I wonder. Could it have been through those guys that the Magi first heard about the prophecy about the birth of the king of the Jews? Nah, probably not. But who knows? Anyhow, according to their astrological calculations, however they worked that out, beats me, but they figured that 
The birth of the king of the Jews had happened right now. And this, according to them, demanded a formal dignitary visit. They needed to pay homage to this newborn king. So off we set from Babylon. The Magi and all their paraphernalia and with the usual entourage of servants and slaves and camels and security, of course, of which I'm the chief security officer. Destination? Jerusalem. Well, after traveling for I don't know how long, I lost count after a couple of months, eventually we arrived at civilization again. The city of Jerusalem. I was beginning to wonder if there was any civilization or culture in Israel after traveling through a very remote and rural Galilee. But Jerusalem was impressive. I'd heard a lot about Herod the Great. He's famous. You see, Israel was a very difficult place for the Romans to control. So many wannabe messiahs trying to overthrow the Romans and liberate Israel from Roman occupation. But then, at about, in around about 40 BC, the Roman Senate appointed Herod king of Judah. Herod, who was half Jewish himself, had married a wife who was a descendant of King David. So Herod claimed the title King of the Jews for himself. However, there weren't many Jews who who considered him to be their king. And there were many attempts to overthrow him. But Herod proved to be a very, in fact, a great military leader. And with the backing of the Roman army, after three years, he had crushed all opposition and had established order in the land. And he was also a great administrator. His famine relief was brilliant. His building projects, world-renowned. Even the Magi's jaws dropped when they saw Herod's palace. And the temple, oh my. We knew we were entering into greatness. Great power, great wealth. But this all came at a price. Herod taxed the people with very high taxes. Well, into Jerusalem we went in all our paraphernalia. And Herod naturally greeted us in all his paraphernalia. And the Magi asked, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his stars when it rose and have come to pay him homage. There was silence. Everyone looked confused. Herod was looking to and fro as as though he didn't know what to say. I remember at the time thinking to myself, well, surely Herod knows who his heir is? Surely there must have been a great celebration at the time of his birth. But no one in Herod's household seemed to know what we were talking about. Rather, they all seemed disturbed. It was all rather odd. One of the Magi went quite red with embarrassment. Well, then at least Herod called in the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They like the equivalent to the Magi in an Israelite context. Advisors to the king about the ways of God. However, they not trained in astrology and magic and dream interpretation like the Magi. But they do have their ancient prophetic writings 
which they study and they interpret. In fact, according to their ancient prophetic writings, astrology and magic and dream interpretation, all of this was seen as evil and was outlawed. And their ancient writings would even ridicule the Magi. But today, they were working together. The Magi had worked out that the king of the Jews had been born, but they didn't know where. It was in the ancient prophetic writings of the chief priests and the teachers of the law that the answer was to be found. And they didn't need to go searching for it, for they knew exactly where it was. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. I remember at the time being really surprised. I mean, here are the Jewish chief priests and teachers of the law, and they know exactly where the newborn king is, but they appear to be completely apathetic. Why would they not go and pay homage to their newborn king? In complete contrast, you had the Magi, which had traveled far, who had traveled for months, who had crossed desert in order to pay homage to a foreign king. Well, I sure do hope that this newborn king is a better shepherd of his people, Israel, than these chief priests and uh, teachers of the law are. Well, at least Herod was starting to take a real interest. And he called the Magi in for a secret meeting. And he started asking them all kinds of questions about the star. Like, when exactly did you see the star rising? It seemed as though he was trying to calculate the exact age of the child. I think they reckoned he must have been about one year old, or maybe 18 months at the time. I wasn't entirely sure because I was busy securing the perimeter. But I did... Hear Herod say, go, search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and pay him homage. This sounded awfully suspicious to me. And then I started thinking. The Magi had said that the, the baby would be born king of the Jews. Not that he would become king of the Jews one day. And this child was in the, was a direct descendant of King David, the greatest king of Israel. He would be a bonified king. Not like Herod, who was an illegitimate king. And Herod had already crushed all opposition to his throne. In fact, he had even murdered his favorite wife and two of his sons on suspicion of a conspiracy. This had led the Roman emperor, Augustus, saying that it was safer to be one of Herod's pigs than it was to be Herod's son. Search for him. Find him. Report to me that I too may go. Herod wants to kill the child. I tried to warn the Magi, but they were just too preoccupied with excitement about the latest prophetic discovery. So off we set on our five-mile journey to Bethlehem 
to the town where King David was born. And now the town where the new king had been born. And it was on this short journey that the star that we had seen back in the east reappeared. And it shone so brightly, it was like an epiphany. The Magi were over the moon, or should I say over the star. And it was like a real confirmation from God that God was leading them on this journey and that God was about to reveal something very profound. And it was as if the star stopped right over the place where the child was, as if it was shining down onto the very house where the baby was, where the child was. It sure was a sight to see. I'd never seen anything like that before. On coming to the house, the Magi saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they paid homage to him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense, and myrrh. I was standing outside guarding the door at the time. And I remember contemplating the strange things that had just happened. Now it wasn't strange for dignitaries or even kings themselves to come to a foreign king and to pay homage and to present gifts to them. Why, you probably remember how The queen of Sheba came to King Solomon, the son of David, and paid homage to him and presented him with gifts. But there was something so different about this. He was just a poor, weak child in a crummy little house in a very rural Bethlehem. Nothing like the greatness and the power and the wealth of Herod in his temple. What a contrast between Herod And this child. Yet in the the remoteness of Bethlehem and within the starlight, there was a greater awe and wonder about this child. In fact, in the remoteness of Bethlehem and with the starlight, when the Magi were bowing down and paying homage to this child and presenting gifts to him, it kind of looked like they were worshipping him. As if he was God. I wonder. If he is the true king of the Jews. And and if his own Jewish political and religious leaders aren't even bothered to come and pay homage to him. Yet foreigners have come from afar. What does that say about his future? Will he be rejected by his own people? Will foreigners accept him? And what strange gifts to give a child. Okay, fair enough. You know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh are are really expensive. So that's always appropriate for a king. And of course, especially gold. Gold was a symbol for kingship. But frankincense was a symbol for priesthood. Perhaps this king was going to be a kingly priest who would connect his people to God. But myrrh, 
Myrrh, what do I get? Myrrh is for embalming dead bodies. I mean, that's an odd gift to give a child. It's, it's kind of like preparing the child for his death. As if the whole purpose for the birth of this priestly king was to die. Well, perhaps it isn't that odd. Being in the security business, I don't think this baby's going to last long. Too weak, too poor, and no security. Anyone claiming to be the king of the Jews in this political climate is liable to get crucified unless you have good security. Well, reflecting on everything now, I'm amazed at the different responses to this very weak and seemingly ordinary child. The Magi are fooled with enthusiasm and excitement that they use all their skill and all their knowledge to search for him. They travel far to find him. And they have fellowship with him. In complete contrast, the, the chief priests and the teachers of the law appear to be completely apathetic and indifferent. They know the answer. They know the scriptures. They know where he is. But they don't seek him. They don't find him. And they don't have fellowship with him. And then there's Herod, who tries to find him through deceit, not for fellowship, but to seek, find, and destroy. I wonder how people will respond to him in the future. I wonder how you will respond to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we reflect upon the story of how you came into the world as a human, as a baby, we are filled with awe and wonder that you would do that because you love us, because you want a relationship with us, because you have plans and purposes for our life. And Father, we, as we reflect on the different responses, we reflect at how often we have just been indifferent. Indifferent to the truth. We know it. We've heard the story. It's so familiar, but we're just kind of indifferent to it. Forgive us for our apathy. Father, at other times, we almost become slightly hostile to it. We don't want it. We resent it. We push it away. Please forgive us. Father, won't you help us to be like the Magi? That we would be filled with excitement and enthusiasm. That we would be on a quest, searching, searching for answers, searching for you. That we would use all our knowledge and all our skill to seek you. That we would travel far to find you. 
but that ultimately we would have fellowship with you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.